Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. With your host, Steve Garrett, moderator of the world's largest Corvette website, CorvetteForum.com. MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest. President of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri. And radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Thanks for tuning in to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. Thanks for being here. I want to first of all thank my flagship sponsors, Hendrick Chevrolet of Kansas City. Hendrick Chevrolet is the largest seller of Corvettes in the Kansas City area, and they ship nationwide. So visit ChevyUSA.com, or you can call them at 913-384-1550. That's 913-384-1550. 1550. Also, our flagship sponsor of Corvette Today is MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. If you'd like to join this new vibrant forum community that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette, it's free to join this friendly Corvette community. You'll meet a lot of fellow Corvette enthusiasts just like yourself at MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. My special guest today is a friend of mine that I've known for a few years. He has, I think, the number one best newsletter about Corvette. It's daily, and if you don't subscribe to it or visit the website, do it today. This is Keith Cornett. Keith is the Corvette blogger from CorvetteBlogger.com. Keith, welcome to Corvette Today. Well, thank you, Steve, and I'm glad to be here, and uh, congratulations on the new podcast. Thank you very much. It's going good so far. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Keith, tell everybody about yourself and how you got into Corvette Blogger. I have a great Corvette story. You know, I tell people that everybody's got their Corvette story the first time they saw the car, the first time they drove the car. My story actually goes back two years before I was born. My dad was a single guy. He was dating my mom at the time. They were living in New Jersey, in Camden, New Jersey. And my dad was working for a Johnson & Johnson subsidiary called Ethicon. And they made equipment for doctors and operating rooms and such. But that year, Johnson Johnson awarded a 1966 convertible Mustang to all their top sales guys at each of the divisions, and my dad won the car. But my dad supposedly was this big Chevy guy and said, what am I going to do with an old Ford anyways? So he picked up the Mustang, drove it down to a Chevy dealer in in Camden, and, and traded it in on a 66 Corvette. Wow. And that car is in my garage today just the, the love of my life, I guess you could say. And so many of the decisions I've made after that have all stemmed from the fact that I own this Corvette. That's amazing. What a terrific story. And that's a great honor to your dad and the legacy that he has being a Chevrolet guy too. Yeah. And I remember, you know, as a kid, the engine hanging from the rafters as he was working on it back in the seventies, we had a little tragedy. We lost him in 1982. We were living in a small farm community in Indiana at the time. And my mom was the widow with the Corvette in the barn. And people knew about the car and would come by and try to buy it from her. We had other cars, too. He had a 29 Model A, an old 66 Mercedes convertible, just a couple of cars. But it was that Corvette that people wanted. And for whatever reason, she never sold it, never told me that it was going to be mine. I went through high school, went through college, moved to Florida. And just a couple years down here, 1993, I think it was, she said, you know, if you want to get that car, you can come up and get it. And I'm like, what? So uh, I think we were up there within just a couple weekends, borrowed a friend's truck, rented a U-Haul carrier, and uh, and towed it back down to Florida. And the rest is history, right? The rest is history, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, And the car still runs? It's in great condition, I'm sure. 
it's in great condition. It was a barn find when I found it. When I finally got it out of, out of that barn in Indiana, after it was 11 years, I think, after he passed away. I got it in 93. There was nuts in the engine compartment, and there's places where the wasps had built nests. It was fairly rust-free. It just really needed some TLC. In fact, just in a day, we got the engine running just in the, in the garage of a friend's house. We were able to get the car restarted, and within a couple of weeks, I was actually driving it. That's amazing. Now, is that the only Corvette in your garage right now, Keith? It's the only Corvette. I came across a 1979 Corvette. It was tan, tan, and we ended up getting it for like $1,700. Wow. And it was one of those things where it, it, this car did have a rust problem. In fact, we used to joke that you, you drive down the road, and when you'd get out, your socks would have rust on them because the rust was falling through the birdcage onto your feet there in the well. So it was really a horrible car, Steve. We started doing some work on it, more work, because we only had $1,700 into it. So we thought, well, what can we do? And next thing you know, it's a frame off and it shouldn't have been. It was just one of those things where you get sucked in. Me and a friend, we had it nicely painted. We had a little bit nicer cam in there. So it was a little bit of a hotter engine. And it was fun to drive. One of the happiest days of my life when that car finally sold and, and was gone and somebody else could work on it. That's funny. It sounds like a boat story. Everybody always says the two best days of a boat owner's life is the day he buys it and the day he sells it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> we had some great times in that car. It taught me a lot in terms of like the restoration process and being part of that. Taking on a project like that is just a big thing. And you know, you've got a car that sits in your driveway for a while. You, you start to feel bad about it. It's just always been those two Corvettes. I'm thinking about maybe adding another one here in the next couple of years. And uh, I'm actually looking at C5s right now. I, I, that's the model that's got me most intrigued, I think. Wow, that sounds good. Not a C8. I'm surprised. Yeah, well, kids are still in school, and so there'll be time for a 60,000-plus sports car at some point, I think. But there is such an incredible value right now with the C5s and the C5Z06s, where you're talking ten, twelve, fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars $18,000 for a really nice car. That's a lot of fun to drive, and you get that manual stick feeling and some of the other aspects with the car that come along with it. So, yeah, that's something I've been keeping my eye on right now. That's great. Well, buddy, if you don't get a C5, it's a tribute to have your dad's 66 convertible if you have to have one Corvette, that would be the one. Oh, that car is never going anywhere. I named my son, Philip, after my dad, and one day it'll be his car. That's fantastic. Keith, tell us about the story of Corvette Blogger. What were you doing at the time when you came up with the concept and the idea of doing Corvette Blogger? And talk about your leap of faith when you quit your day job and started doing this full time. So, as I mentioned, I uh, had moved to Florida, and uh, when I got in the Corvette, I was actually working in radio and television in the Tampa market. Television is what I went to school for uh, to sell uh, commercial advertising. And it's what I wanted to do. And when I finally got to television, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> it was just, a, <laughs> it ended up being the worst job in the world. And of course, I was crushed because this is what I went to school for. This is what I thought my end all be all was. And it was the summer of 1995. And all you heard about was the information superhighway and the internet and you couldn't get out of the way of a free AOL disc, join and sign on. And I'll never forget, it was May of 1995, and I got onto AOL for the first time, and I thought, wow, this internet thing, this could be pretty big. And it was just within three months, quit my job at Channel 13, which was a Fox O&O, an owned and operated station. So, I mean, that was big time, but I couldn't do it anymore. I quit, I sat home, I taught myself how to build web pages, and was in the fall of there, I opened up my first website called the Route 66 Corvette Page. So the fall of 1995 is when my first Corvette site went up. I was hosted on GeoCities. So if any of you longtime listeners know GeoCities, that's where we were. 
From there, I started a Corvette classified ads website called Betfinder. And that came in the spring of 96. And that went great. We ran that. I ended up buying out the owner and I was running it myself. So it's like 10 years goes by and I'm wanting to do more now. I'm really starting to feel like I've got something to say. And so we started Corvette Blogger in 2005. And that was just a way for me to cover all kinds of Corvettes and do it outside of just the Corvettes for sale with that bike. So that's how it all came about. And from there, it just kind of blew up. It was just crazy how popular the site got. That's amazing. What a great story, Keith. You know, I always love hearing these leap of faith stories where you quit your day job and you start this on a leap of faith and it's thriving and it's working well. And like I said, I consider Corvette Blogger, especially the daily newsletter that comes in my email as the authority on what's going on in our industry of Corvette. We're going to take a break real quick, and when we come back, we're going to talk with Keith Moore about the nuts and bolts of Corvette Blogger and the website as well. You're listening to Corvette Today, the podcast. Hey, honey, are you awake? Mm, I am now. I can't sleep. Since turning 50, I keep dreaming of a red door and a blue door, somehow knowing there are only choices for retirement. Okay. Through the red door, we outlive our money. We have to rely on our kids. We're stuck on a fixed income. It's terrifying. Yeah, that would suck. But through the blue door, our money outlives us. We retire on our terms. Our kids stay our kids, not our caretakers. We make work optional. Yes, that's much better. That's what what I want too. But what do we do? We call True Wealth and Company at 913-653-8783. They specialize in helping successful people make work optional. They're our fiduciary Blue Door personal wealth managers. Hey, where are you going? It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to check out True Wealth and Company online at retirewithtrue.com. That Blue Door is going to be our retirement. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. You're listening to the Corvette Today podcast with Steve Garrett. Thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. Today, we're talking with Keith Cornett. Keith is Mr. Corvette Blogger and CorvetteBlogger.com, what I consider the number one website and also daily newsletter in the world of Corvette. Our second segment's going to focus on the website and the newsletter. So, Keith, talk a little bit more about both. Tell us how you can subscribe. Tell us how many people subscribe to the newsletter. And then let's talk about the website as well. Yeah, sure thing. Well, I always kind of considered Corvette Blogger to be an internet destination for news and lifestyle for our hobby. It's not just hard news, but it's not just pictures and fluff stuff either. You know, we try to follow the car as best we can. We follow, obviously, General Motors and, and Chevrolet and any kind of news that we can extract from them or anything that we pick up on the periphery. We're able to connect dots. When you focus in on one car the way we do, you are able to connect a lot more dots than if you're just covering General Motors or the automotive market in general. So it really allows us to specialize. But just being around Corvette owners, you know how we are. We love to talk about our cars. We love to learn about new stuff. We want to hear about the latest trends and what people are doing with their cars. And so we try to incorporate all that within the website itself. So, I mean, it's news. It's auctions and sales and what we find interesting cars that are being sold out in the marketplace. And then it's, a lot of it just features interesting things. We're seeing a lot of YouTubers now with their C8. I tell friends, these are the guys right now that are creating content. There's no other news really out there right now with the, the lockdown the way we are. So we're all kind of living vicariously through these guys on their YouTube channels. 
So we try to weed out the ones that eh, are questionable and just try to bring people really good entertainment. And uh, I think that we've been able to really combine all that really well in CorvetteBlogger.com. I think so, too. As a matter of fact, I love getting the afternoon newsletter because it's amazing what content is in that newsletter. Where do you get content from? It has to be from all sorts of different places. Yeah, that's the nice thing, again, about just the longevity that we've been at it is we use the newsreaders and keyword searches that brings us anything that's Corvette related. We follow the major publications and blogs and websites that are out there. We look every day at the GM media sites, and not just here in America, but we're pulling news off of GM media sites in Japan and in the Middle East because these are new hot markets for the Corvette. So it's not just focused here on what we can find in America, but it is actually worldwide. But then also it's very local, you know, when we were you know, chasing down every little lead on the C8, there'd be a news story that pops up in Indiana about a firm with GM ties that's expanding. Well, gee, you know, when you read the article a little bit further, it tells you that they make composite panels for a sports car. So there's only certain companies that make composite panels for sports cars. So it's really easy for us to focus in on that. And then we have several writers with us. They bring us stories too. You saw this or I want to write about that. And we pretty much give them free reign if it works for the audience. If it entertains me, then I, I feel like it would entertain the average Corvette person that's out there. That's a good barometer for anything that you got right. coming into you. Now, if somebody goes to the website, Keith, the website is really broken down very, very well. So when you navigate through the website, tell everybody how to do that and what's available from the website. Sure. Well, if you look, you know, on any website, you've got a navigation bar. And that navigation bar of ours really breaks it down to help you find maybe the sort of content that you might be looking for. Now, all of our new stories, the latest stories are always going to be at the top of the page. And then we have featured stories, featured news stories that might last a day or longer at the top. But then you'll see latest posts. But we divide everything into both the generations. So you could actually search, you know, C1 through C8. And then we also have the ability to utilize tags. If we do a story on a 1982, it's going to be tagged 1982. And you can actually go and see all the stories we've done on 1982 Corvette. The tags are always listed at the bottom at the end of the article. And then obviously the categories in the menu bar allow you to, again, to jump from category to category. So things like racing, marketplace, GM sales reports. Somebody might be looking for something specific. But all of our latest stories are always at the top. And then what we do, you've talked about the newsletter a couple of times. What we do at the end of the day at 7 p.m. Eastern time, those stories that we posted throughout the day are automatically formatted into a synopsis email and sent out to our subscribers. And we have over 26,000 subscribers now that get that daily newsletter. Amazing. 26,000 people reading every single day about Corvettes and Corvette Blogger. Also, I like the way the website is formatted because you can look at lifestyle. You can look at articles that are technology oriented. You can also look at by generation. So it's a great website to look up for anything Corvette. Also, talk about the ranking of the newsletter and the website. This is something that you and I talked about offline, off air, and it's a really cool story. This is a funny story again we talked about. I was out driving the C7 Stingray in early 2014, and this was out in Monterey, California. And I get a call from a friend. He says, hey, congratulations. And I'm like, uh, I need a little bit more info. And he says, your site got ranked by Sizen, which is a survey company. And Corvette Blogger was ranked. They did a top 50 automotive blogs in North America, and Corvette Blogger was ranked 24th in that list. 
So when I went back and I looked at the list, I'm like, well, ahead of us was Motor Trend, Autoblog, Jalopnik, Car and Driver, all these blogs and automotive magazines that just covered the industry in general, where we was the first website that just covered the one model. And not just Chevys, obviously, we just covered the Chevy Corvette, so a very specific model as well. From there, the site has just continued to grow. We get new visitors joining every day. And I can tell you that when the C8 came on the scene last July, the audience exploded. I mean, just so many more people have gotten onto the Corvette bandwagon. And it's a lot of fun because with these people, they're, they're new blood. They might not have ever owned a Corvette before. So it's a really great chance to not only hit them with these are the latest information about the new car, but learn about the history and who was Zora. And who were all these other great chief engineers and the people that worked on the cars and things from the factory that are coming out? So it's just a way to reach new people, educate them on the hobby, bring them up to speed, and then kind of let them go and do their thing. Keith, congratulations on that. What a terrific story. Ranked 24th amongst Car and Driver, Motor Trend, Jalopnik. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you see those rankings on the web. You can't believe you got there. And, and the way we got there was just, again, telling the Corvette story, entertaining ourselves, and then bringing along the people along with it. So, you know, it's easy for us to be entertained. We can just go out and find some videos, find some pictures. But I really enjoy getting into the weeds and in, in the history of the car, because that's where you find out where it's going based on that, where it came from. Absolutely. That's one of the things I love about Corvette is the history and the tradition of Corvette ranking all the way back to 1953 when the car came out. The history of it and tradition is what brought you to where you are today, and I think that's fantastic. There is that such a tradition there, especially among the older Corvette owners that had these cars in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. So they relive a lot of that, and uh, we're learning new stuff from it. There's always something to learn on these cars all the time. You just don't learn about the car and then you're done. You're just always constantly finding out something new or more specific, or you get into a model and you realize, wow, I never realized that it had these kinds of options on it at that time of the automotive industry. You can really pull out some really neat info when you start digging into it. That's true. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Keith Cornett more about Corvette Blogger, where it's going, where you can meet him, and also Keith's books. This is Corvette Today, the podcast. Fact. According to the March of Dimes, 40,000 babies are born each year in the United States with heart defects. At Athletic Testing Solutions, we take that, well, to heart. ATS offers the ATS Heart Check, a series of non-invasive tests to identify possible hidden heart defects in your kid's heart. Frequently, the symptoms of sudden cardiac arrest are masked or misdiagnosed. The ATS Heart Check can help detect congenital heart problems or abnormalities that don't show up during regular checkups or a sports physical. Have you ever wondered about your child's heart health? The ATS Heart Check is a terrific option, and it gives you peace of mind that your child is heart safe. Sudden cardiac arrest claims on average 130 young lives each week. Don't let your kids be a statistic. The ATS Heart Check only takes 20 to 30 minutes and utilizes an EKG and echocardiogram ultrasound of the heart. Visit ATSHeartCheck.com to schedule your child today or call toll-free at 888-537-2597. 888-537-2597. This is the Corvette Today Podcast with Steve Garrett. 
Thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. I've got with me the owner and founder of Corvette Blogger and CorvetteBlogger.com, Keith Cornett. In our third segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about what Keith likes to do as far as shows go, where he goes, and his connection with the Corvette team, and all sorts of things like that. Keith, what shows do you like to go to in the world of Corvette? There's some great ones. I'm fortunate I'm in Florida in the wintertime from January to March. There's a lot of stuff to do down here. We've got the Rolex 24 in January. We've got Sebring in March. There's usually uh, an auction or a show. There's Amelia Island, which is down here, which is just a fantastic event to go to, a concourse event on a golf course. My two favorite shows every year are the NCM Bash because you just find out all the great stuff about the new car. And, And we haven't been on a regular cycle in a while, you know, with the cars coming out different times, but once we can get back on a regular cycle, you know, you go to the bash, you find out all the new stuff about the new car. You know, the order guide comes out and people can generally start ordering it in May or June. And then they start building them in July, August or September. I think we're going to get back to some sort of regular production like that. But that's why I, I just love the NCM bash so much. And then I love Corvette to Carlisle. What a great show that is for the enthusiasts. You've got GM there with generally 40 engineers. So they've got all the new stuff. You've got the great Corvettes for sale section. You've got a huge swap meet. And then there's all the fun events and things to do like that. So the, the Corvette to Carlisle is a great show. Every couple of years, I've been getting out to Corvette Fun Fest. And then we saw each other here at Corvette Fun Fest. That's a fantastic show too. Mike Yeager at Mid-America Motor Works really takes care of his guests and puts on a great show. And then there's just a bunch of little shows around here that we try to get to. Actually, Carlisle Events has started a show down here in Lakeland, and that's been bringing in some really good crowds, so we're hoping that one picks up. I think that's about it. We go to SEMA every couple of years. I haven't been in a couple of years, but I think with the C8 out and all the new stuff that's going to come out in the aftermarket for it, that this year's SEMA should be pretty good. I agree, and I love the National Corvette Museum Birthday Bash as well. I enjoy going to that show and hearing about all the new things coming up all Corvette. And I've never been to Corvettes at Carlisle. I need to make it out there, but from Kansas City, Missouri, that's a couple days of a trip. So I need to just kind of get my stamina built up and make it out to Carlisle and, and see that show. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. And, you know, but the thing we always say about with the Corvette hobby is you might go to the shows the first time because you want to show your Corvette or you want to see Corvettes. But by the time you've been going for four or five or 10 years, you know, I think we've been going to the bash now our, our 11th or 12th year. You go for the people, you know, and the cars end up being there and around you and surrounded by you. But, you know, it's the fun that you have with the friends that you're making. Some of these are my best friends. I tell people a lot of times my friends on the Corvette hobby, I'm a lot closer to than just the people I have around that I've known locally just because, you know, the shared interests of the Corvette. Absolutely. Keith, talk about your relationship with the Corvette team, with Padge Juchter, with Harlan Charles, Kurt Benyon. Sure. I love these guys. These are the guys and girls that are making our Corvettes for us. And I've always told them that we are on the same side. Even though I'm media, they're the manufacturers, we are on the same side. We've worked with them before trying to bring out new information. Sometimes the timing was wrong, and I'm not going to be the guy that spoils the party on a new Corvette for the Corvette team. You know, we saw some really unfortunate leaks like last year at the very end of the buildup for the launch. So I would always say that we're friends with the program. They answer our questions. They're good to us, and they give us some really great feedback when we need it. Speaking of leaking, there was an article from Haggerty that came out recently that talked about the different variants of the C8 and the horsepower and torque. Can you talk a little bit more to that? 
Yeah, sure thing. That article comes from Don Sherman, who's really got some great tentacles into the Corvette program itself. So I don't know if everything he's saying is accurate, but I think the overall gist of it probably is. We know that the next car that was really going to come out was the right-hand drive. I mean, it's not really a separate model, but it is because of the steering wheels on the right-hand side. We know that a Z06 is coming. We figure that, oh, they'll probably come out with the Grand Sport and a ZR1. And Don's reporting that he's also come out with the Grand Sport. Not only will have the 6.2 liter V8, but will also have the hybrid motors up the front to offer all-wheel drive. And the only other car that will have that in the C8 lineup would be the Corvette Zora, which might have upwards of 1,000 horsepower, which is just amazing for a production Corvette. That's incredible. I'm glad to see that we're going to have a Z06, we're going to have a Grand Sport, and a ZR1, plus the Zora. Yeah, I mean, it's a great lineup. Ed Piatek once said, he's the uh, Corvette chief engineer for this project, and he said that the C8 architecture is going to be with us for a while. And I agree with that, even though like the timeline that Haggerty laid out is through 2025, I think. We could actually see more variations as they go on with the program, not only based on what customers want, and they're real good about finding out what we want, but also what other new technologies might come out. We call it sacrilegious of having to have a V8 in there, but we see some great stuff going on. You know, Cadillac's got that black wing motor. Right. There might be some other options that come along as production continues. So we just can't be locked into the mindset of, we have to have this car and it can't be anything else but that. I would say that the future is very bright for Corvette owners. Talk about the most controversial subject in C8 is the manual transmission. There is a huge thread in CorvetteForum.com on the C8 section and everybody still wants a manual transmission. I don't think it's coming. What about you? No, nah, the manual's dead. We find that the manufacturers just have no reason to really build them anymore. And, and then when you make it harder, like in the Corvette, by putting the engine in the back, it just really makes no sense. And the fact is, we've been all clamoring for DCTs for so long. That dual-clutch transmission is what Porsche and Ferrari and all these exotics have. And we want it in our Corvette. And now that we get it, we say we don't want it. I've driven the C8 with the DCT, both in the automatic mode, just letting it do its thing, and then me controlling it. And for people that say, oh, that there's no driver input, they're just simply uninformed. They really need to get out and drive these cars with the paddle shifts because they are a lot of fun. And just like taking your hand off the wheel and putting it on that manual stick shift and going through the gears, you're doing it with your fingertips. And it's different, but it's not. You're anticipating the car. You're watching the red line. You're feeling it. And then you shift. But when you shift, you don't get that loss of torque. I would do the nah, 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 that kind of sound, you know. You don't get that. It's just the throttle just runs you right through it. From a dead stop with these shift paddles, man, they are fun. So I, I highly recommend anybody that can get a chance to drive it to do it with the manual mode on. I've always said that the C8 is a manual transmission. You just don't shift on the side of your body. You shift right on the steering column. Yeah. Keith, also, I have a new Facebook group called the Corvette Today Podcast Group. And you can join on Facebook. You can look it up. It's called the Corvette Today Podcast. And Jeff Myers on the page has asked about hardtop convertibles. He has one ordered, and he doesn't know what's going on with production. Can you speak to the hardtop convertibles and hopefully when they'll come out? Well, I'm a big fan of the hardtop convertible. If I was ordering a C8, I would have the hardtop convertible as my car. What's really unfortunate right now is these roadblocks in the production aren't GMs doing. It's not any fault of the car. It's just we're stuck in this downtime right now, and we got to kind of wait it out. 
The good news is it looks like the UAW has been talking to GM and Ford and Chrysler about talks to restart and how they're going to do that. So those conversations are going on. They say you can't start the economy with a light switch, and you can't do that with production of a sports car either. You've got all these vendors, all these individual vendors that also have to be back and working as well so that there's a constant flow of parts. And I think there's like 400 vendors for the Corvette. So it's not just, well, you know, the UAW guys go back to work and we're all set there. We do know that there's a a stockpile of parts. I think that they usually keep about three weeks worth of parts on them. But you really have to have all those vendors back and working. You have to feel confident that you can keep your workers safe. But if they can do all that, there's still plenty of time in, in the 2020 model year well, they'll be able to produce the hardtop convertible. So I just tell people, hang in there. You know, don't cancel orders. Keep everything the way it is. Let it work itself out. If you're on the list, but you don't get one this year, guess what? They're going to make them all next year. So, I mean, it's not like it's one and done and we're gone. Continue to wait. Be patient. Your dealers will keep you informed. So just hang in there. That's a great answer. I'm glad to hear that they're still going to hopefully build the hardtop convertible. I really, really like it, and especially with it folding down and looking just like a regular coupe, this will be a great car. Because it opens up more. We've seen some of the videos with the coupe with all the water that comes in when you're washing the cars. You don't have to worry about that kind of detailing on the hardtop convertible. So that's just another reason why I like it. But again, that car, the way it opens up, it looks so gorgeous, I think. So that would be my choice is the hardtop convertible. It is gorgeous. Now, you might not know this, but Keith is also an accomplished author. Keith, talk about the book that you've got out. I bought one myself and love it. Sure. We wrote a book called Corvette Special Edition. This is a coffee table book. It's uh, about 200 pages long. It's got 450 photos in it. And it just covers the different anniversary, the pace cars, some of the commemorative build over the years. And we had a publisher had contacted us saying, you know, we're looking for somebody that writes a book. And uh, we saw your blog and we want to do a book on Corvette Special. They already were working with another one on Mustang Special Editions. And then they also have another book coming out on Camaro Special Editions. Wow. So it was a lot of fun to really sit down and break it out. I think we came up with 52 different chapters or so, each containing a car or a line of cars or some that are combined in there. It was a lot of fun to go back through history and look at those cars again, as well as the modern history of you know some of the ones that just came out five, ten years ago. True. Keith, if somebody wanted to buy the Corvette Special Editions book, where can they get it? Well, the book has an MSRP of $44.95 from our publisher. We actually sell signed copies for that price at CorvetteSpecialEditions.com. Again, that's www.CorvetteSpecialEditions.com. Buy the book. It's $44.95, and uh, I'll sign it. If you want to make it out to somebody, I can make it out to somebody as well. If you just want the book, you don't care about the signature. My feelings aren't hurt, Steve. Amazon, you can get them. They're generally 28 to $30 or so. Sometimes they've had a couple one-day sales, but generally they're about $30. If someone wants to get in touch with you, Keith, how can they do that? Well, the best way is through my website, CorvetteBlogger.com. We've got a contact form on there with email. I'm also on Twitter at Corvette Blogger. I'm on Facebook at Corvette Blogger, our page name. You can always see us at the shows. We generally are a camera around with us, and we're always looking for neat Corvettes to talk about. That sounds great. Keith, thank you so much for being our guest today. Keith Cornett, the owner and publisher of Corvette Blogger and CorvetteBlogger.com. Thanks again for being here. Well, thanks so much for having me, Steve. Again, congratulations on a new podcast. I think you'll do well with this. Just fun and exciting to be able to listen to somebody talk about Corvettes while you're driving down the road or while you're getting some work done. So again, congratulations on the new podcast. Thank you, buddy. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. 
If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at stevegarrettdj. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.